0: This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Spirit Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Brandi Bolton, the host and creator of this podcast. And I have to say, I just had a look and there's listeners coming in from all over. So North America, of course, I'm in Canada. We have listeners all through Canada. Also places in the states like Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and places worldwide like South Korea. It blows me away. It really lights up my heart. It's still a little surprising when I look there. And I'm not going to look for a while because I don't want to get in my head too much about it and feel like, you know, overwhelmed by this. So I'm just going to dial it back down. But just saying, it does make me very happy to see you listeners out there. I see you and I appreciate you. This podcast, like when I set out to do this podcast, it was to create a community, a tribe. And I learned that more and more as I went. I really want to grow this spiritual community. I want people to feel seen and heard. It can be kind of lonely, the spiritual path. And I'm going to touch on that next week with an episode about calling in your tribe, calling in people who are energetically aligned to you and reaching out to get those support people and those people in your life who really get you and really propel you forward. So we're going to touch on that. This week, though, we have a special guest. But what I want to say is... I've been creating this community through this podcast, and so much more to come down the road. There's lots more to come, but what really gets me excited is now you guys are co-creating this with me. We have the Spirit Talk, a Soul Tribe group on Facebook, and you know I'm the one who posts on there. Yeah, sure, I I knew that I I created the group, but I'm seeing posts from you guys more and more now. It's still a little baby. It only has a hundred or so members. But to see the engagement on there makes me very, very happy. It's a place for questions, comments, stories, whatever you want. If it's a a topic you heard on the podcast or any spiritual topic you just want to discuss or get feedback on or hear from others or whatever. It's not just me talking to you guys. It's everybody. It's a community. So to see people engaging on that makes me thrilled. And um Yeah, just had to get that out there. I appreciate you. I see you. I want people to feel seen and heard. And it's happening. (laughs) So today we have Amy Brooks. Uh, Her and I have connected over Instagram. I know that's becoming a running theme here with the guests all my Instagram buddies. (laughs) But over the last year, we've connected and become friends through Instagram. She is A newly published author. I'm so excited for her. We're going to get into that and how she moved through her fear and wrote her heart out. And she's also a fantastic evidential medium and stepping more into a coaching role as well. But her mediumship really blows me away. I've seen lots of mediums through my life and her evidence is incredible. We talk about how she stepped into that role in her life. Also, we discuss whether or not mediumship can be learned and all kinds of good stuff. I just have to say, before we get into it, I'm here in BC, Canada. She's all the way on the other side of the country in Ontario. And we did have some connectivity issues. Dang it. I I wish that this didn't happen, but, you know, I'm not going to redo this whole conversation. We'd like to keep things candid and just go with the flow. Both of our time is very precious to us. Unfortunately, you know, we got kicked out of the program we're using, whatever. On the plus side, YouTube has taught me all kinds of things with regard to editing podcasts. (laughs) So I've I've stitched some things together and you'll notice, I think twice, maybe, maybe more, you'll hear kind of a weird break in the conversation. We get back started right back up again. Just had to point that out that we're trying our best here with the technology that we have. If you're interested in Amy's offerings, I've put all her links in the show notes. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Amy Brooks. Okay, we're here. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining me. How are you doing?
1: You're so welcome. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: I have to start off and say a big congratulations because this is coming 2 days after you've had the news that you're releasing or that the book is coming out. So, mm-hmm. you have a chapter in the book, In the Great Canadian Women, She is Strong and Free, Part 3, right? right? That's right. Yeah. I love it cuz it rhymes. That's great. And you got a chapter in there. How do you feel? Yeah. Extremely excited.
1: For the most part, I'm about 85% extremely excited and proud and just thrilled because this was a bucket list item that I've wanted to do my whole life. And this is I felt like a really good entryway into the whole authorship portal, let's say. And so I just felt it was a really good stepping stone to get there. And the opportunity presented itself to me in a variety of ways. The universe conspired, I felt. And I just I just went for it and I left. And so I'm really, really excited. The other like 10, 15% is like, oh my goodness, vulnerability hangover. Did I share too much? <laughs> but for the most part, I feel good.
0: I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. So how did, how did this come to fruition? Tell us a little bit about how it got started with submitting a chapter to a book for publishing. How did that work out for you?
1: So like I said, I felt like the universe conspired a little bit. So uh, I randomly saw some reels came up on my Instagram, in my suggested feed from the owner of the publishing house and an author from the second book. And so last fall was their pre-launch. They That book came out just before Christmas, the second edition. And so I saw this remix reel with the two of them. And I'm like, I like I like what they got going on not even realizing what the great Canadian woman was or that this was a publishing opportunity I just I just like their energy so I started following them both and then realized soon after that Sarah Swain who is the owner of the great Canadian woman was this lady that I started to follow and I was um, really weighing back and forth like hmm I wonder if this could be an opportunity for me and then it was the olive branch was extended connections you know like we had various connections through other people and I signed up like immediately without really overthinking too much I I do credit you though a little bit with that (laughs) and I'll just go ahead and share that for the people that are listening so this particular day that I was kind of weighing my options is this the right fit for me is this how I should go about doing this Brandy, you had put out a card pull on your Instagram story. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll like a card. I'll take one. And the card was, I I feel it was from Work Your Life, but it might have been from Starseed Oracle, but
0: regardless. yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the card that came up was you're already doing it, stop overthinking, follow your true north. And so the great Canadian woman's tagline is she is strong and free, which is, you know, true north, strong and free. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I sent off an email that evening. And the rest is history. (laughs) I started on it right away.
0: I adore that. And what I love about it most is you following the breadcrumbs, or as some people call it, spirit crumbs. I like that, that yeah. term. And, you know, walking through any fear you had. So you and I are Instagram friends. That's how we've met. Yes. We go mm-hmm. back and forth, voice notes and, you know, chatting yeah. and everything. And I love your Instagram page, I love your lives. Um, and one of the things that I do love about you is your vulnerability and I'm sure that comes through in the book I've just missed the pre-order but I will be ordering it I can't wait to read it so you have a little excerpt on your Instagram and well I'll just read it we often view anxiety through a lens of fear it can make us feel like we need to run away like it's the enemy looking back, I see that I wasn't meant to run away from anything. I was meant to run towards something and that something was myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That hits me in the heart. (laughs) I just love it, Amy. It's so good. Now, did you learn a lot through the process of writing this chapter?
1: Yeah. So it's actually interesting. So when I signed up and I talked to the the ladies at the publishing house, I presented an idea of what I would want my chapter to be about. And that was really about discovering the magic in the universe um, and how I really came about my awakening after the loss of my dad in January of 2018 and how I felt like those events kind of like my, my dad's passing was a catalyst in a way for me discovering, rediscovering myself and who who I came here to be and that's a really common thread you know a lot of us experience these kind of dark night of the soul or awakenings within our grief and so that's kind of where I was going and so my I wrote a whole other chapter i sat down and i wrote a chapter in a day and i was like boom 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 i'm done Crossed my hands. i think like, oh, that was easy. I'm done. Okay. And then of course I wasn't done. <laughs> so uh, the lead author was kind of asking me different questions. I want you to go deeper with this. What does this mean? What does this mean? And I was starting to feel a bit triggered if I'm so honest. And I realized that was just because something inside was like, you're not telling enough. You need to tell more like this is part of your healing because often mm-hmm. when we're triggered, it's part of something we need to really focus on. But after we really broke it down, it was kind of like surface level writing in a way. I sometimes like to say almost like I was giving my TED talk, mm-hmm. you know, so it wasn't vulnerable enough. It was coming more from a place of this is where I was. This is where I am. Ta-da. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was a good chapter. It just wasn't vulnerable enough. And they knew that. And they were like, there's more under there let's break this down. And so we spent the time doing that. And I realized really that my chapter was about anxiety. And so that's what I wrote about. I still talk about the wonders of the universe. I still talk about losing my dad. I still talk about my fear of abandonment and just living with anxiety in general for my whole life. But it's more like situational. It's more pivotal moments. It's more getting really nitty gritty in those events rather than like glossing over them. So there's more vulnerability for sure.
0: Well, how fantastic and what a great opportunity to have your first Mm -hmm. writing experience with a team behind Mm -hmm. this book that was able to, you know, help and guide you through this process because you mentioned it was a bucket list and kind of a dream. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably in your future again to write. I don't know if you have anything planned, but I think that's really neat that your first time is like with this, you know, helping hand
1: yeah i love the idea of the collaborative book you know so they have everything set up um so this i should say this is an opportunity that if you if anybody listening felt called towards or like it was something that they would like to do to reach out to the great canadian woman because there are publishing plenty of publishing opportunities and you you could figure out if it's a good fit for you or not but i love the whole book collaboration because it's just like women supporting women it's women getting really vulnerable courageous i just i've i've actually actually read the first two books. So there's uh, volume one and two, I chose to wait to read one and two until I was totally done my chapter, because I didn't want to be influenced whatsoever by past stories. And it's just, you know, it's, it, it's so interesting, because I did have a goal for my pre sale campaign. And that was never a number. It was more like, let's just get in this into the hands of anybody who needs it. And really, everybody, every single woman that is part of this book is doing that. And so our outreach is so much broader simply because by selling their copy of the book, they are sharing everybody's story. So the outreach is just massive. And that's another reason that I felt it was aligned with me and a good opportunity as a first step.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And what you say about it's going to get to who it needs to get to, I feel that's kind of in alignment with what you do outside of this book you are a medium and yes. that's what you do you have a mediumship business you're a fantastic reader anybody who gets an opportunity to get a reading from amy she's an incredibly gifted medium and i don't use the term gifted very often but i've seen you at work i've seen your lives you've brought through my own uh, relatives just in conversations you and i are you know friends yeah. and so they get the message that they need. And so the the mm-hmm. two things are kind of very interlinked. And you mentioned absolutely the passing of your dad. And is that when you found out that you were a medium? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So that was really, I say, when the puzzle pieces started to click together. But, you know, I have this gift of, of, Hindsight now. So I can look back at my life and I can see that I was um, experiencing mediumship like abilities my whole life. Um, The earliest recollection I can remember is at age six. So at age six, I did have a near death experience. I choked and um, I was blue and not breathing for a few minutes. And my mom was able to get help and You know, I was okay. I'm here to see the day, but I remember in those moments having what people describe. You know, when you're kind of like floating over your body, seeing something from that view. Could see my mom's face. I could feel her panic, despite the fact that my back was to her, and I had felt the presence of people around me that I wasn't familiar with at that moment. But I didn't feel. Frightened. Um, And I felt warm and I felt weightless. And it was as if I just went there and then was taken right back out. Uh, And funny enough, I didn't really ever talk about that too much after. I just kept a lot of these experiences that I had over the course of my life to myself. I think that I didn't really know what was happening or trust what was happening. Maybe I thought I was going a little crazy at times, so I just <laughs> kept it to myself. Uh, and then definitely through the adolescent years, I kind of turned it off, I would say. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like shut it off for a bit. It came all back in my pregnancies. And so when I was 25, I ha- got pregnant with my first child. And I had actually a pre-cognitive dream very soon after I conceived her. And it was very clear. Her name came to me. The fact that she'd be a girl came to me. Uh, what she would look like came to me. And that day I took a pregnancy test, and even though I shouldn't have been able to even test positive. It was like quite early. And sure enough, it was positive. And so I spent that whole pregnancy like, yep, it's a girl. This is what her name is. Had every the room all decked out. And I didn't find out that she was actually a girl having confirmation, external confirmation, I should say, until I was eight and a half months pregnant. And everybody thought it was crazy. But I had, I feel as if the, like the door, I like to liken it as like the door was open to me multiple times to step through. And I didn't. I also have always had a fascination with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I've always like been on YouTube and reading and studying. And it's just always been my passion, a huge interest of mine. And I've also had random strangers come up to me and tell me that I was a seer. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's happened quite a few times. And I'm like, pardon? (laughs) But, you know, looking back, it all makes sense. When my dad passed, you know, he he had passed and then they brought him back and they put him on life support. Uh, and so his body was actually alive still, but I knew that he wasn't there anymore. And he came to me in spirit before he actually physically passed away to tell me that he was not able to stay, that it was his time, but he was going to fight oh. to let us know that he didn't want to go, but he had to. Is that what part we missed? Yeah. To- oh he- how goodness. he explained it to me? Oh, yeah, sorry, that's okay. It-, it must just be our connection or something yeah so he uh, came to me in spirit when he was on life support to tell me that he was kind of in this in-between space so showed me himself kind of do it like floating over being able to see what was in the room who was in the room what was being said and i should say that i was here in ontario and this was happening in nova scotia so i wasn't there and i wasn't able to be a part of this experience um, because it happened so quickly that my mom and my and the doctor said, you know, you're not going to make it here in time. You're going to have to say goodbye on the phone. And that is what I ended up having to do. But I just felt this strange sense of comfort knowing that he had come to me in that way and that was really when things started to really click together. But, you know, Amazing. as as much as we are um, spiritual people, we're mediums, I can connect and I know that there's something on the other side. When we're going through grief ourselves. There's still, there's there's this humanity in that and needing to experience the grief, right? And so I I kind of felt a little bit disconnected throughout the next couple of months, but he just was very persistent with me, uh, very much trying to get me back on track and would leave me dimes everywhere. Actually, that was the first sign that he would show me. And it just became too obvious to pass off as a coincidence any longer, and so about 10 months after he passed away, and I had been experiencing all these signs for 10 months, I started to be able, so I should say spirits started to come to me randomly. And this was the real... The real time when everything started to, you know, I'm. it's almost like I can just visualize my my brain kind of like firing off at this moment in time because things were really starting to make sense. Because up until that point, I knew that I was experiencing spirit throughout my whole life. I knew that we had this connection, but I felt as if they had to come to me. So I waited until they came to me, I waited until they came to me in a dream or precognition or left me a sign, not realizing that the communication was a two way street, and that I could initiate conversation. So up until that point, all of my my communication with spirit would happen when I was sleeping, for the most part. And so what started happening about 10 months after his passing was that not only him, but other people's spirits would start coming to me when I was awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's okay and we're still in the same recording. So, so you said so much there. What I want to go back to a little bit is I notice a lot of parallels that you didn't know that what you were experiencing as a young person was being connected to energy and was being a medium or having psychic abilities. And you just didn't know because that was your experience. You didn't know you were any different, you know? So I think a lot of people go back and look, oh, actually it has been here the whole time. And I like what you said about the door being open because, well, you could choose to just go on in life how this is, or you can, you know, develop it and make this part of your path, right? And then it will strengthen and increase and become more more connected, more powerful. And I just want anybody who's listening, who thinks they've been obsessed with things like anything woo woo, or spirit or psychics, or because you said you were and so was I. And I think a lot of people will resonate. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. Well, maybe there's a reason why maybe you are meant to follow down a path with this and discover your strengths right and with the two-way street thing I was newly developing in mediumship it hit me to like a ton of bricks I was like oh I'm supposed to be active in this conversation
1: yeah exactly I don't need to be a passive a member here you know I can initiate conversation yeah. but the door analogy you know I felt like it just kept opening and opening and I was just like yeah not sure what to do with this. I'm just going to like move on. Uh, and it just got, got stronger and stronger. And then I honestly felt as if I was pushed through the door. There was no denying it anymore. I really, I, it was as if somebody like picked me up and were like, go. And I, sometimes I like to think about that. That was my dad who did that for me. And it also strikes me as really funny because my dad was a really big skeptic in life. And so, you know, I've had mediumship readings with other mediums since he passed before I was doing this myself. Uh, and it's come through every single time with multiple readers that he is a guide for me right now, specifically around my mediumship, which just absolutely blows my mind and makes me laugh. And I love it so much that he's there helping me with that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think most people who are developing their abilities get some kind of a guide, whether it be a temporary spirit guide or what have you, for this particular part of your life. And the fact that's your dad, how how (laughs) incredible for you. That's great. (laughs) And it is funny. You have to laugh at a big skeptic and it's just like, okay, he's the one guiding you along developing mediumship.
1: (laughs) When I heard that, I said, okay, dad, who's laughing now? (laughs)
0: Love
1: it. He's like, oh, so it's all true. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So do you think that anybody can develop mediumship abilities?
1: So I am one of those um, people that does believe that if there is enough of a desire that one could learn mediumship. So it's it's one of those things, you know, I think that we all have different strengths. i like to use this analogy, you know, some all of us could sing. We all have a voice, we could all sing. Some of us are naturally really good singers. And we don't really have to do too much to, to sing, it just kind of comes out. Some of us need to work with a vocal um, trainer in order to get better, you know, and, and learn the, the skill. And some of us, you know, can do it, we might not be the best of the best, but we could still do it. So yeah, I do feel mm-hmm. like if there's a will, there's a way. I always like to tell my clients that when these when they come to me, you know, like I don't want anybody to be dependent upon me or any other medium. I really feel as if it's part of my path to help other people with their own mediumship. And discovering that they can communicate with their spirit as well. Because really, I like. There's a, most of the time I ask in my intake form when somebody books with me, please don't tell me anything. And the reason I don't want those details is because the minute that I connect and that specific person that they were thinking about walks through, it is so mind-blowing to the person because it validates that the, the, it's their connection. I am just, you know, the medium, the messenger, the one that's able to relay their messages, not that they're only here for me, or they only come to mediums. And so, yeah, long story short, I feel like anybody could develop it if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I wouldn't have said that You know, years Mm -hmm. ago, I was buying into what I learned from mediums themselves. Unfortunately, there was a time, and it's getting better, I think, but there was a time when it was like this secret, elusive club. And so many mediums and spiritual teachers even would say, you know, this is something you're born with. Don't even try unless you know you have it kind of thing so I like to dispel that a little bit too because I'm here to say I'm I'm psychic yeah. I'm not very much a natural medium mm-hmm. like I think some people like you said are born with a beautiful mm-hmm. voice I think you're one of them who is a natural medium well, thank you but you know, I've blown myself away with evidence and, and things that come in, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm doing it. So, you know, yeah. Right. So I kind of proved that to myself yeah. that anybody can develop in that mediumship realm. And I like that. I like that philosophy. Yes. Huh. So you're from the East Coast originally. Yes. And- and you're living in Ontario, that gave me an idea for a question, because I feel like a piece of your heart lives there. Do you think the soul has a place that feels comfortable in the world? Do you think people come in with their soul longing for a place? Or is it an individualistic thing? What do you think? Um, yeah,
1: you know, I certainly have always felt that I've always felt that, you know, like, it's, it's funny, because yes, I did grow up in Nova Scotia. And I, and I, so long to go back but I've also been homesick for Scotland my whole life and I've never been to Scotland but I felt this like call like I felt as if I belonged there I had been there when I would watch videos or look at pictures it'll almost bring me to tears sometimes it felt like I was missing it. And so that leads me into talking about past life kind of connection to that. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like that feeling, maybe just a remembering of a place where you have spent time before, where your soul has been before, if that makes sense for you.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's interesting that you bring up this question because I was born and raised in Nova Scotia. I swore I'd never leave. I swear I'd be there forever and ever and ever because security and roots are very, very important to me. And I married a man in the military. (laughs) and So we got moved and we've been in this particular location for eight years now. And I will be honest, for the first four to five years of that, I was counting down the days, not literally, but like, you know, Xing a day off the calendar as we went one day closer to going home, really feeling as if I was on hold. my life was on hold, and something began to change with the birth of my last baby, and I really feel as if he kind of helped me plant some roots here. I also feel like the lesson for my soul was that I could be moved and the and I could find home wherever I was planted, because home is within me, and Mm -hmm. not a geographical place. And so once I really learned that, and let it absorb, it's funny, because the opportunity is now in the works to go back to the East Coast. And I really feel like that was me having to learn that lesson, me having to get comfortable being where I am. So working towards going back, manifesting that, sending the intent, but mean, in the meantime, being grateful for where I am and letting go of my need to control any sort of outcome or timeline. That was massive for me.
0: I love the way you look at that, especially that, okay, now you're getting it, you're getting a lesson, you're learning it on a soul level, and then boom, you get word you're probably going to go back home or you consider home. Yes. So, you know, divine timing, it's a saying for a reason. Absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, I 100% agree about having a longing or just a feeling as though you've been somewhere before. Mm -hmm. I've had dreams of past lives when I was a kid, and it was always like an arid desert, kind of like on maps and pictures on Google what Yemen looks like. Okay. And so yeah, I I get that. And Mm -hmm. there's places your soul has been more than once too on earth, I think, within several lives. So fascinating. What are some other things I mentioned that I wouldn't have said that mediumship is teachable years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Now I now I would say the opposite. Are there things that you've changed your mind on through the years of now that you've developed and become, you know, on this spiritual path and developing your mediumship and your teaching and your psychic abilities? And is there anything that you've changed your mind on?
1: Really, it would be the same as you because I did grow up, you know, seeing you know, what we would call like a Hollywood medium, people on TV, people in books, I really felt as if there was just a select few of people that Mm -hmm. could do that. And I hesitate with the word gifted as well, because I think it, you know, it's almost as if there's just a select few people that have this ability. And I I don't believe that anymore, simply Mm -hmm. from my work with other people, because Mm -hmm. my work really runs totally on word of mouth. It's very organic when I started doing this work, there was one aspect of me that felt um, like I didn't, I was nervous and I couldn't pinpoint the feeling of what I was scared, why I wouldn't just sleep. What was it? And the thing that came to me was I can't control the type of people that may find me that I couldn't control whether or not the energy would be a good fit. And then I thought, how what is within my reach? How can I control that? And so what I decided to do was to speak to the universe and say, hey, universe, I will do this work for you gladly. You do the rest, you make the people come. And it's been two and a half years and the people haven't stopped coming. Mm. And so that just really speaks the interconnectedness of all of us, um, how people, you know, overseas and all over the place have just randomly found me or somebody has spoken about me. That really has ensured that, it's, that the right fit finds me and that I'm the right fit for them. That's, it has to be, it's a perfect, it's like a triangle. You know, it's yeah. like, I have to be a good fit for you. You have to be a good fit for me. And then spirit's like, yeah, I can work with the two of you.
0: <laughs> so I've yeah.
1: I, I left it up to spirit to make those connections.
0: I love that you say that because it's true. I've noticed you know, I'm, I'm still doing practice readings. I accept readings when they come to me. Mm-hmm. Again, it is it is word of mouth
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: kind of just picking up out of nowhere. I don't really know how it started because I didn't put out readings, right? Yeah. But somebody heard I do readings, you know, and that one snowballs into another. And I've noticed now that I'm, I am doing them more regularly, it's like, wow, a lot of these spirits have so much in common. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Like these people are all different. But I'm getting the spirit that has, for example, addiction issues yeah. are, is something that is a common one for me. So isn't that neat that mm-hmm. it's all lined up on the other side? Like Absolutely. they're finding you because like you said, it's like a triangle. This this energy can work with this energy yes. can work with this, you know? So I think that's fascinating and Yeah. We'll never really know how it works while we're in this human life, but every single time it kind of blows me away. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a teacher because I am getting these similar spirits with similar deaths or similar how they live their lives. and it's teaching me how to read better because I haven't done that many, I don't know, less than 50 readings. So I'm learning, Oh, it, it feels like this, you know, right. it, it's, it, it's both for me and for the sitter. I swear. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. What I was, what I was trying to get out, I rambled a little bit and got off track. It's, you know, the, the person that finds me, the client that finds me, most of them are very intuitive. Most of mm-hmm. them are empathic. Most of them have this ability in some way or another. And that's okay. been very evident as I've gone. And so I've actually been taking that, you know, the, I keep hearing the the nudge that this is happening because I'm kind of moving into the mentorship kind of aspect. Yep. I spend a lot of my, my sessions, especially intuitive guidance, pretty much coaching, right? Because of the type of people that are finding me. So I do feel as if spirit's like setting that up on the other side. And yeah, it's, there's a similarity with spirits as well. And with the, the sitters, because I, I always say that spirit will use like my frame of reference sometimes so that I get what they're trying to say. So they're yeah. like purposely using me because yeah. I have that point of reference. Um, yeah. So I can make sense of it
0: um, yeah. for the sitter.
1: Yeah, so it just blows my mind how it's all connected. Yes,
0: and how it changes for us. Like I'm being taught by spirit as I'm learning, as I'm doing more and more readings. You're being guided to maybe take the next step or Mm -hmm. up-level toward, up-level not even being the right word, but, you know, start teaching people their own intuition, how Mm -hmm. to tap into that through your sitters having things in common. It's also fantastic Yeah, so what do you have to say to people who are like, I just love this stuff, but, you know, I I can't do it. Or do you have anything that you'd like to say to people like that?
1: You know, I like I think I said it earlier with if there's a will, there's a way. If there's a will, there's a way. So if it's something that you're actually called to, uh, you know, I don't think that we need to rush anything because I do trust in the divine timing in life. And if you look back at my own life, I could – grieve all the years in which I shut the door. Like maybe I could have been doing this since I was a teenager. Like who knows where I'd be now. Right. But I, but I trust the divine timing in life that it was supposed to happen now for whatever reason. And maybe it's to do with my dad and my dad being my guide and all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just feel like if there's a will, there's a way, you know, follow those breadcrumbs, the things that you feel called to the, the things that just keep, you know, it's like the spinning door, like this rotating door. If it just keeps coming to you, mm-hmm. it's meant for you. It's meant for you to investigate. And so yeah. I would just say, like, be curious about those things. You know, like our soul is... I would often ex- explain our intuition like a GPS because I feel as if some people... You know, when we separate it, when we take something internal and give it a name and call it something external, it's it, sometimes it's easier for us to work with. The same idea with cards and tarot cards—they're an mm-hmm. extension of our intuition, but because they're external to us, something yeah. that we can, you know, that's outside, we seem to trust it more in some way. So I, I liken our our intuition to a GPS, and if you think about it, it's like perfectly tailored for each of us. It knows us more than we know ourselves because it's a soul level GPS. And so yeah. it will never lie to you. I, sometimes I laugh and I'm like, unlike a real GPS, <laughs> it will never miscalculate. And the only time you will get lost is when you don't listen to it.
0: Yes. And then the whispers become yells and then yes. the yells and become then you a get pushed bonk over the, the head.
1: Yes. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> You know, like yeah. So I, the worst. I feel like if you feel really called towards something, if something lights you up, if something makes you feel excited, it's it's like your soul is sending out an SOS and saying, "Please go here." Just like, please, please go here. And when we do, that's when the magic happens, and that's when we become aligned.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like yes. when we when we follow those breadcrumbs, does it not better our life? Do we not feel better uh, and things just start to like magically happen?
0: Yes. Yeah. Magically is the right word. It does start to get a magical quality. Mm -hmm. And though it still might feel a little scary Mm -hmm. in that kind of awkward, scary kind of way, it's still so magical like yes 100 and I love that you mentioned cards because I think that is a good way for people to start I really started off developing intuition through cards because of the reason you said yeah it feels like it's outside of you mm-hmm. it's external <laughs> validation yeah, yeah you're just trusting okay well I pulled the right one I can trust in spirit enough about that let me read the message in the book and see yeah and that leads to you know doing real full on readings, just intuitively, no book needed. And so I think it's a really good starting place. What do you think? Absolutely. I recommend it to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I'm, I'm being called to tarot. Finally, I've been waiting. I knew it was going to happen, but I'm totally being called to tarot. You are too. Yes,
1: Yeah. It's funny because I, I actually mentioned it a few weeks ago in a story. Uh, so I've been using Oracle for the past three years Yeah. Uh, And I've been, I have the first tarot deck I ever purchased. I never really resonated with it very well. And so I just set it aside. And then in the last month or so, something's been like nudging me, like pick up that tarot card, like do something with this. And then I bought a tarot book. It's basically like an encyclopedia. And Mm -hmm. I've been using it more often. I've been carrying it around. I bought like a little bag for it so it can go in my purse. So it is handy for me. And I found it was really just me setting my own limitations on myself because I was overwhelmed and intimidated by tarot because I didn't realize it was as in intuitive based as it is I was like I can't learn 78 cards in the reverse meanings like that's crazy I couldn't do that um but the minute I was like maybe I could maybe if I just focus on knowing what each suit is and knowing what the knight means and what the queen and the king means maybe everything else would kind of come intuitively and that's what's happening yeah
0: (laughs) exactly the same with me I still yet to have a deck I've always been an oracle kind of person and um and I realized, I was like, oh, you know what? I have a good enough basis in astrology, numerology, and intuition mm-hmm. now that I could really – pick up tarot and not be, you know, intimidated. So I, I know I'm kind of asked for it to come to me. We'll see. We'll see how that works. If if I don't get a deck magically, I will I will break down and just go and buy one. But I mm-hmm. asked for now because <laughs> I'm in no rush. Like you yeah. said, I don't want to rush everything. But um, so do you have a go-to Oracle card deck? Or yeah, just-
1: my go-to, I would say, is the Wisdom of the Oracle by Colette Baron reed I really like it. And I, this is the one that I often recommend to beginners um, that come to me uh, simply because I feel like there's a card for everything. And I really like her breakdown of the cards because she has like a general meaning, a relationship meaning, a prosperity meaning, and a protection reading, so if it comes in reverse. So I just find it really easy to use. Um, And a lot of my clients have purchased this and use this daily. So that makes me really happy. The tarot card that I've been using is like a deck that was actually gifted to me by somebody a few years ago when I started to do this work, and it's just been sitting. And it's a very old deck. It's called the Mythic Tarot
0: cool. It's
1: from 1986. So it's like a very oh. old card. Yeah. And so I've been really drawn to it and getting really good readings Fantastic. from it. So,
0: love it. Are you going to write more or do you have anything like that lined up yet or
1: yeah, I have a notebook strictly dedicated to book ideas. Um, I kind of have an idea. I have a working title actually as well, but it's really just about sitting down and taking the time to do that. But it's kind of like my five-year goal to do that. There's going to be a lot of changes in the next couple of years. You know, like if we, if we move, um, I'm planning to create some courses and that kind of stuff. So I want to get that stuff settled before I move into uh, a solo book but it definitely Mm -hmm. is in my plans for
0: sure yes little creative baby that you'll nurture over the next while
1: absolutely because it's funny because you mentioned at the beginning I feel like it might not be this might not be your last like authorship when we were talking about the collaborative book and this whole like when I said the universe had been conspiring to even get me to do that the universe has been, been been conspiring to get me to write for years Like I've even done client readings in which the person will say, and this has happened three times in the last two years. So Amy, when are you going to write that book? And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, they're like, no, like, because I, I was thinking about it, like, imposter syndrome who's going to want to read about what I have to say what makes me an expert Uh, and one of my clients said to me you're thinking about it the wrong way think about the people that need what you have to give and you're denying them of that I'm like okay sold (laughs) I will do it yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and again I come back to as well like we just live within ourselves with all these abilities and magical (laughs) magical pieces of ourselves that we take for granted because we don't realize how special it is yeah Mm -hmm. and so yes I admire you sharing that with the world and I'm so excited to read it so for the listeners how can they go and work with you check you out book a reading and look at what you have coming up
1: uh, so I have a quite active, uh, Instagram and Facebook page. I pretty much stream things to both sites. So you're going to get the same kind of information on both, on both sites. I am medium Amy Brooks, and I also have a website, MediumAmyBrooks.com. That would be it. I pu- I'm quite active, you know, I built doing a lot of stories and a lot of posts. I do do live mediumship demos about every six weeks or so. I just did one about a week and a half ago. And those are all available to watch on replay, either on IGTV or over on Facebook on my page. You can watch like a year and a half of them if that is your yeah, cup
0: of Yeah, I drink. have watched some of them. And your evidence is often very specific.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like when I first started doing this, it was just, I really toyed. I don't know about you, but I really toyed with like, what is my title? Like, what do I call myself? And my first, when I first created my Facebook page, it was intuitive Amy Brooks, I think. And then it was intuitive medium Amy Brooks. And then eventually somebody was like, what does that mean? Are you a psychic medium? I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. You know, there was some hesitancy around using the psychic term. I'll be honest, simply because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions with that term, but it is what it is, you know, and people yeah. know what that is, and people know what a medium is. I added the evidential part in a few months after I launched my business and started working with clients, simply because the evidence was coming in like really, really strong, and people were like, you know, like this is, this is different than a reading I've had, another reading I've had before. Like you give mm-hmm. a lot of the, I used to say juicy bits. I asked for the juicy bits, and I really think that that just comes from me experiencing loss and Mm -hmm. speaking to a medium and wanting more than your dad is here. He's proud of you. He loves you. And those Mm -hmm. are meaningful things to say and to have come through certainly. But if somebody was able to say your dad's here, this is what I'm smelling, this is what he's saying. This is how he passed away. This is something that you did in childhood. It just feels that much more impactful, Uh, And I knew that as a person, you know, seeking a mediumship service. So I, even though I didn't specifically, at the beginning, I didn't specifically like set my intent, I want evidence. Mm -hmm. I must have on some level, because that's exactly what came through right from the get go. And I didn't really realize it was different than anybody else. But I guess it is in some way.
0: Yeah, a lot of people do readings that have a little bit of mediumship more soul to soul Mm -hmm. you know whatever there's all kinds of different readings out there and yeah your mediumship is phenomenal and actually you know we had some connectivity issues at the beginning but you had I didn't know that you had a near-death experience like when you were very young with the choking and it it popped in my mind I don't know where I had heard this a mentor or something along the way Many, many, many mediums have had a near death experience. I don't know where I heard that. I wish I could remember, but and I was like, "Oh, wow!" I've wondered
1: that before. I've thought Mm. about that before and wondered, like, is is this information out there somewhere? Like, I should do a poll or figure it out. Yeah. Um. And I hadn't been able to find anything
0: to suggest that, but it's really cool that you're bringing that up. I've just remembered it was a medium. I'm gonna contact her. It was a medium, and she had a near-death experience herself yeah. before yeah. she yeah. knew she was a medium. Her near-death was later on in life, yeah. So she attributed the mediumship coming from the near-death experience. So, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of ways we can come at this. <laughs> from yeah, maybe it, that is one of them. I, I feel like there, there <laughs>
1: might be something to it. You know, like because, mm-hmm. like I said, I felt like if I look back at my childhood, that would be the real first memory that i can think of in which i had some sort of spiritual experience or connection yeah. and i can remember it i mean i'm 41 now this was a long time ago i can remember it vividly yeah vividly like the yeah. colors of the shirt my mom had on and the temperature outside i can remember everything like it's a snapshot and that's how I experience spirit often, you know, like when I, we talked about precognition or precognitive dreams, mm-hmm. whenever a past loved one has come to me in a dream, it has felt so real. I don't know, do mm-hmm. you? do you feel the same way?
0: Yeah. I think there is dreams where you have them in your dream and that's just a real dream. Mm-hmm. And then there are visitations yes. and that really is mediumship. I think a lot of people, you said you yeah. would get it in your dreams before you kind of really opened the door to tuning in yourself on purpose. I think that happens to a lot of people. There's they no get filter. these dream visitations. Yeah. yeah because, you know, you can't. Question. some people are scared by connecting to spirit. Yeah. Unfortunately, i I hope that just through this podcast and talking all things spirit, I can kind of dispel that a little bit. I don't want people to be afraid of spirit. Me too. Yeah. So to those that get dream visitations, how amazing, how lucky. And I'm sure if you wanted to, you could open up in your, you know, conscious waking hours Absolutely. as well. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. 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 Well, I really enjoyed this talk, Amy. Time has flown right by on us and uh, I think we need to do it again. I'd
1: love that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would absolutely love that. I really appreciate you coming on. Everybody go check out Amy Brooks' Instagram. It's one of my favorite pages and she's on there all the time doing videos (laughs) and lives and, uh, and her website and all that fun stuff. Thanks for joining us, friends.